Welcome to The Great Unlearn. Join me, your host, Cal, as we dive deep into understanding and unlearning the programming within us. Let's uncover your inner truth for a life with newfound purpose and freedom. Get ready to question it all in The Great Unlearn. your protocol look like if we're just talking detoxification sure general thing we call push catch liver detox turn up the cellular response induce the genes that make the proteins detoxify the cell then you need your liver to pull it into the liver and dump it out with the bile the pathway for a toxin to get out of the liver cell is in the bile every single cell in the liver is fed by the blood on one side where it can harvest the toxins and drained on the other side by bile and so you need to couple cellular detox to bioflow and then you need to catch those toxins in there i don't know what the f- you just said but i understand what you're talking about yeah you yeah, hear you know it I mean? we have to Dude, share we're here you're so f- good, man. <laughs> it's that blending of the artist and the scientist yeah. man. and are we going to manifest from default survival genes or are we going to get these higher ordered regenerative genes going those genes that you're going to express are unfolded they're read by the RNA and then they're brought out to the ribosomes to make the proteins which are the end of the whole program is this is what we're expressing in our consciousness according to our potentiality at the moment dude oh here it's Austin City Limits this week (laughs) (laughs) and so many people who come up I look at them and you know that's the wizard I'm like just take that oh my god what just who turned the lights on everything's better and you just know you know right away you're like this is how we balance this out let's bring this back to equilibrium and that's what you did for me but it's really that ability to offset the adrenaline and take you out of sympathetic and parasympathetic and it was the tool to bring it down. You are the quintessential medicine man, dude. Well, so we're here today with, with Dr. Chris Shade from Quicksilver Scientific and, and a, an old friend, multiple guests here, Evan Britton. And, and I think Evan and I are going to co-host this a little bit and pick Dr. Shade's mad scientist brain, not self-proclaimed. We've actually, you know, we've given him that moniker. Yeah. Don't trust anyone who gives himself the mad scientist no. when moniker. Self, self-proclaimed has got to come by consensus from the crowd for exactly. you to get your initial MS. It's not master of science. Exactly. It's the mad science. Yeah. So we'll cover a bunch today. Um, you know, I met Dr. Shade in, was it May? When yeah. you were here for the, for the Runga event, yeah. he's back in town for that. And, uh, yeah, I remember when I, when I saw you up at your, the, the Quicksilver, uh, Airstream. Yeah. I'm like, who is this guy? He, he rem- and again, Ev, I'm like, he looks like Louis CK. He's like, he's as funny as him too. And then exactly. I started to hang with you and then we had dinner together. I'm like, this guy is something else. Absolutely, dude. There's nothing quite like Dr. Shade, man. No, I love it. And I, but I, one of the things that fascinated me was how you got into the space and your, your kind of origin story is like, 
course this is, you know, now that I, I've gotten to know you, of course this is how you came upon this stuff. <laughs> a bit of a circuitous route. Yeah. Everybody wants your origin story to be like, yeah, I woke up when I was five one day and I wanted to save the world and I'm here to save the world, a life of gratitude and service. It's like, oh, you freaking, you just like get in and you start rambling, you know? And it was like, I got into, you know, you got to, it's like I grew up in a steel town, son of a professor. I was like kind of atheistic and, you know, you get to college and you drop that first really big tab of acid and everything changes, right? You know, and then you're like, oh my God, everything's different than I thought it was. The plants are talking. Oh, geez. You know, and then everything, then all this science you're doing is getting pretty freaking boring. And then you go on the road, you travel, you do this and that, you start growing weed, you know, and you're like into, oh, can I make organic biodynamic weed indoors and all this crazy shit. And, you know, eventually I was like, well, how about I be a farmer? And so then, you know, I, I end up being an organic farmer. And, you know, I joked that I went out of business year. Whole Foods came around. You know, there was no freaking money in it yeah. at the time. But I'm trying to do it because it's just like, what's got to be done? Like, this has got to be done, right? And we're going to get through health through food, you know. And then, well, you know, one thing leads to another. I, I ended up, of course, where you'd expect I ended up at Disney World. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Literally? Yeah, yeah. And that's so, your own personal one? Yeah. <laughs> Not my own personal Disney World. This wasn't imaginary. Uh, pink elephants. It was, uh, I, I went, I closed up that farm and uh, went to work for Rodale Institute. Rodale Institute was doing all this sort of science around uh, conversion of, of land from conventional to organic. And uh, I got to the end of this internship. And uh, obviously I was a little too wild to stay there working in the science department. <laughs> there was a job open and they're like, dude, I don't think so. Hey, we got this opportunity down at Epcot Center. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and they had started uh, doing some, uh, some consulting for the World Bank. And, you know, about how they'd screwed up the first green revolution and how they, uh, you know, they're sending like fertilizer and tractors into the, you know, middle of Bangladesh, you know, and these guys are just poisoning themselves and they got broken tractors, you know, it's like nothing worked, you know, and, and, and Rodale, old man, Rodale always went into areas, worked with what plants lived through the droughts. Like that's where Amaranth came from Rodale. And, you know, he was in Africa and he was like, trying to help them. They're like, what's that shit you're eating there from be behind the shed? And it turns out it's super high protein grows anywhere. So, you know, let's do that kind of stuff. And so they're working with the World Bank and they're like, hey, would you come down to the Disney Flower and Garden Festival 25th anniversary? And we're going to have these like shows out on the Epcot floor. And like, this is regenerative farming or, you know, solving farming practices in Asia, solving it in Africa. Here's what we do in South America. And you'll be regenerative agriculture of North America. And so they had me shaved and in overalls <laughs> in front of a little red barn and showing people compost and worms. And so the beauty is that they trained me to be a public speaker. And it was like six weeks of training with these actors, education coaches, uh, science education coaches and mm -hmm. stuff. And then I gave the same talk four times a day for six weeks and learned that audience dynamic. Oh, you wow. Know? That makes and sense. yeah. And, and in that, you know, I was, I was, 
living, old were you at this time? I'm like 24, 25. Wow. wow and I'm living in this gated and condo community of, you know, Epcot, in all Orlando. these internationals. Yeah. So <laughs> it's all these 18 to 24. Three-year-olds living in this gated and condo community. They're all living on top of each other. They got pools and volleyball courts and hot tubs. And while that was nice, <laughs> and I spotted this uh, hot little French number, and <laughs> and tracked her down until I made that happen, <laughs> and and then married her. And so I had to like have a real life, you know? And so I'm like, well, I better go back to school. And so I went back to grad school looking at, uh, looking at pollution from agriculture in streams. And I was going to go to do that for a PhD. And it was really boring what they were doing. It was like, it was in the middle of Illinois and the rain comes and the fertilizer shows up in the stream. You know, shit. Like this is our, our magnum opus is to say that, you know, <laughs> and, and then I found this insane man named Bob Hudson. Uh, and he had these global cycles that he was modeling of mercury moving through the environment, going everywhere. He had this big computational model for where mercury goes everywhere. And he says, and I talked to him. I'm like, well, he's vastly smarter than all these other guys. I should hang out with him. And he's like, are you good in a lab? And I'm like, oh, I'm the man. Don't worry. I'm good in a lab. <laughs> and, it, and so he's like, yeah, make me an analytical system for mercury. And that's what I did. And I patented that. And then I wanted to get back into people. And because the environmental thing is kind of, it's just boring. It never goes anywhere as a profession because the polluters pollute and they pay you to say, well, they only polluted so much, you know, and it's just like magnum opus. Nope. And uh, so get back into people. And so I took the patent and I started Quicksilver scientific Quicksilver being liquid silver, watery silver. That's the old European word for mercury doing mercury testing and applying it to people. And, uh, and so I'm, testing mercury in people, people had a lot more of the dental amalgam back then. And then of course they're getting it from fish. We still had mercury in vaccines. And first I have the testing, but then you have to have a solution. And I started using all those chemical chelators. You know, I was using D I, I got all my amalgams. I had 17 amalgams, got them all out in three hours. <laughs> it was a little aggressive. <laughs> it was a little aggressive, threw myself into it and then start just chewing down these chelators. And I think I'm just going to be like measuring mercury in urine, you know, and seeing how much is from the amalgam versus the fish. Cause that was my technology. I patented was a quick way to separate. This is methyl mercury from fish. That's inorganic mercury from the dentistry and look at urine and hair and blood and see how you're processing all this stuff. So I think I'm just going to be analyzing this stuff and I'm looking for the mercury coming out my urine and, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm just not taking enough chelator. <laughs> so I'm taking more. I'm taking 1,500 milligrams of DMSA a day. And nothing's coming out, but I'm getting just sicker and sicker and sicker. <laughs> I'm just sliding into the ground, you know, the dark night of my biochemical soul. And I'm watching these guys come through Boulder County to the uh, Colorado Functional Forums there. And they're talking about the GI tract and the immune system in it and detoxification and, you know, liver pumping into, uh, in, into the GI. And I'm like, GI, GI. I'm like, what? what the fuck am I doing pushing all this shit through the kidneys? You know, the kidneys take like seven years to regenerate and the GI takes seven days. You know, it's like, 
oh, I know what I got to do. And so I went home. There was this material I was making that would take all the mercury out of water. And yeah, you could use it for remediating water, but I was using it for measurement. I would take all the water, all the mercury out of like a gallon of water and put it into a little place and be able to analyze it. It was concentration. And I was like, I can use that, clean it up, put it through my gut and pull all the mercury down to the gut and pull it away from the kidneys. And so I went home, I made this stuff uh, and I started just taking tons of it and I fixed myself in just like a few weeks. I was like a new man. Wow. Mm. And then I introduced that at the time I was hanging out, you know, these are uh, with a guy named Hal Huggins, who was the uh, original uh, mercury in dentistry is bad guy. He wrote, it's all in your head in 1973. Mm. He just died a few years ago. And Dietrich Klinghart was the other guy. These are the first two guys that I was introduced to who looked at this material and were like, Oh, that's the, that's the shit. That's what we were missing. And they started using that, putting it into their protocols. And that was really what started Quicksilver as a company. Then the next step, what year was this? So, it's a good question. My TBI is on the date stamp. It's funny. You know, it's like your TBI is really define you, right? You know, so I had this TBI in high school and, you know, I was, I was riding a bike and I had my soccer clothes and a little bag in the front that locks into the spokes and flip over right on my head. Holy just boom, shit, just boom, right on your head. You know, and I don't know how long I was out. This guy found me, one of my neighbors, you know, and he's like, Oh my God, are you okay? I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I'm just going to school. I'm just going to school to soccer practice. And I'm just going to take off as soon as I open my eyes. He's like, your eyes are open, dude. And I'm like, well, it's all black. So maybe I better sit down, you know? So it was, it was good TBI. In fact, uh, there are some guys who do, do that Quigler out of the quantitative EEG and they map out the brain and stuff, you know, and they, they use mine as a focal TBI and they were telling people that it was a, uh, improvised explosive device that I was a Navy SEAL. And I was like, no, that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> and so the point about it defining you was like, what's it on? You know? And so it's the spot where dates are stored. So like, no shit. Yeah. So I'm, I'm always bad on date, you know, in, in the past. And it's a spot that controls compuls, you know, compulsive uh, behavior and cursing. <laughs> 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 you know, and a couple of things like that. <laughs> and it's like, how oh, is that me? That explains that. <laughs> is that me? And you know, and it, it's a left brain, like a, you know, right hand, left brain. So your rational side. And I was like, you know, like a real rational, uh, like science guy. And then that wasn't working anymore. And part of that, like when I went off and I was a farmer and stuff, I got into all this uh, esoteric stuff. I was into uh, Rosicrucianism and theosophy and mm. uh, masonry. And then I was also on the side, I was getting into uh, Eastern religions and Taoism. And so I was reforming like how to bring all this stuff together through a more creative lens, through the right brain. Hmm. And, you know, what, what is it when, you know, you mix the scientist and, you know, and the artist, you know, you get an inventor, you know, uh -huh. and, and, and so it was like, that was, you know, I was spit out of that process being this guy, yeah <laughs> you know, with this brain doing this thing. <laughs> and so to get back hmm. to the mercury stuff. So, uh, that was probably like 2008 to, yeah, about 2008. And then I have to figure out, well, why this stuff works so well? And, and they start using it. It just works like a freaking bomb. 
And I realized it's all part of this glutathione system, like how we detoxify, we link the toxin onto a molecule we make like glutathione. That's one of the sort of big three that we use. And then you're going to ship it through a series of doors out your liver, into your bile, into the small intestine. And the problem then is you reabsorb a whole lot of it. And so what that powder was doing that I was making, there were these little silica grains and it was like coating it with the chelator. So you don't absorb it, but it's binding all the metal that comes down there. And that keeps you from reabsorbing it. And then there's, you know, some other magic in the intestines where it's kind of signaling to the body that everything's cool now. Start letting down the toxin flow because it's going out. And so it was starting this process, but it was the glutathione system it was working for through. And so then I'm like, well, at a cell level, now I got to be able to get some glutathione in there, come push this stuff out. And glutathione, you take it in capsules, it's never going to be absorbed right. You're going to break it down into the three amino acids. It comes from glycine, cysteine, and glutamate. And I mean, yeah, you're getting those as precursors, but why take glutathione? So I need to cheat that system. And I found these things called liposomes and they're, you know, these little balls, you know, that are made out of the same thing your cell membranes are made out of. So they're like little cells. And if you make them and you can tuck the glutathione into them, and if you make them small enough, they absorb right through the oral cavity into the blood and they get out through, through throughout the system. So we were able to make this glutathione work. And some other people have made liposomes. There's some there's some liposomes out there. There was liposomal glutathione. It kind of smelled like ass and rotten eggs at the same time. There were some bad things out there. Mm. And we made like pharma grade stuff. And it was like, wow, this is great. And then you're like, what else can I do with these liposomes? Mm. <laughs> you know, I think that molecule should go in and that molecule. And what if I put some THC in that and some CBD? And then soon we're like, oh my God, these delivery systems, you know, it's high bioavailable. How do you get this stuff to just rocket into the system? You know, more like an injection. And that was what this was. So then we expanded into cannabinoid medicine, uh, metabolic medicine, immunity. And then we do a ton with longevity, you know. So it's like I'm back to health and, and building health. You know, I tried that sort of farmer way. And that is, you know, where we've come with uh, regenerative agriculture and stuff. It's just just beautiful uh, but, you know, often we need to collect these nutrients, you know, purify and bring them down into these high impact forms, you know, these medicines. And so mm-hmm. that's, you know, what I do now. That's quite the origin story. Wow. Dude. <laughs> Love that. And what's it look like to, again, I've heard a lot about chelation. I've known some people who've done it and without much success. And can, so, Can you, can Dr. Shade, can you define chelation for me yeah people use that term for just about everything yeah you know i feel like it's oh i'm gonna chelate the radiation you right know? sorry you can't do that that's a wave in chelations molecules so a chelate very technically will be one molecule which can bind a metal in more than one place edta is a quintessential chelator uh and then there's different chelators for different metals. And so you have these sulfur-based ones that are used in medicine, and that would be DMSA and DMPS. Then you have EDTA. This is oxygen and nitrogen-based. 
And it's like mercury likes the sulfur ones, lead likes these nitrogen, oxygen ones, okay. arsenic and others fit in between. So very technically, it's got to have two bind, uh, binding sites onto one metal. But even with this like DMSA, we're still going to call that chelation. And there, two of those molecules will bind very strongly onto the metal. And they're going to make it in a form that can go out through excretion easier. Uh-huh. And so pulling it off of albumin and different proteins in the blood and lymph and make a form you can pee out easily. Okay. So normally this mercury is going through the liver and bile. Uh, methylmercury from fish goes exclusively that way. Inorganic mercury from the amalgams will go through urine and bile. It's just going to take a lot of that, make it soluble real quick through the kidneys. Uh-huh. And, okay. you know, so the idea is good, but, you know, when you start stirring the pot of the metals and, you know, you're sort of pulling them from one place off to another, the chelator lets go, it redeposits somewhere else. They call it mm. redistribution of metals. And so if like the gates out and the filtration of the kidneys into the urinary stream isn't like open and flowing, if the liver to bile to GI isn't open and flowing and you start stirring that pot, uh, you know, for a little bit, the chelators are getting the metals are moving them around, but then the chelators are getting detoxified and stuff. And then the metals just kind of drop where they, where they aren't. So you have the possibility of redistributing from, you know, uh, a more benign tissue uh, into your brain or into your thyroid, uh, into, you know, your adrenals. And so uh, they can be tricky that way. And then, you know, when you take chelators, when you have amalgams in, you, I mean, it's almost like painting your mouth and your intestines with mercury. There's this <laughs> massive layer of mercury all through your GI, you know, and, you know, lips to anus. There's this huge level. And when those chelators uh, absorb, they start touching all that and they can bring that load of metal, which the amalgam stuff, you don't really absorb, you know, through your GI. But it's it's coating and irritating and disrupting all that. And then the chelators can pull some of that into circulation. So the chelators, there's a lot of really bad stories of chelators. And there's there's good ones. But, you know, they weren't made for the sort of chronic disease states that we have now in the chronic toxicity. These things are made for, like, workers in battery factories and stuff who are otherwise tough dudes who just had massive cadmium and lead levels and they had to bring those down real fast, you know, clean them up, get them back on the floor. Uh, and you know, so they, they're a little heavy handed for what we do now. Now, that being said, once you go in with our systems, upregulate glutathione system, uh, open up kidneys, open up liver, all the flows going out, all the intracellular protection is up and humming. Then you want to overlay a a little chelator and get some out faster. Then Uh you can do that. And that's what Huggins ended up doing is using our stuff as a base and dropping a little chelator on top. Guys at the Cleveland Clinic, like uh, Mark Hyman and uh, Todd Lapine, well, he's actually at Ultra Wellness. They'll do that. They'll use our system as a base, throwing a little chelator on the top. But when you use this system as a base, you actually don't need to do anything else. Interesting. But then people will say chelation for all kinds of crap, like zeolite. You know, zeolite is a great thing, but 
all this bullshit that you hear about these super micronized zeolites, they're going to go into your body. They're going to go into the cell and they'll like zap the toxin. They'll grab the toxin and take it out and only get the bad one. And they won't take the good one and all this mystical shit. You know, I'm not going to put a piece of clay. Well, you want clay ivy? Oh, do you want a clay ivy? No, thank you. Right? That's how they do it? No, they don't do that, but they, they, <laughs> they have the zeolite broken into like just little tiny chunks that are so small that actually some of this stuff gets absorbed into the system. And then they say that it's gone and it's doing all this perfect cleanup and stuff. But really, it's this hormetic stimulant to especially the immune system. It's like, why is there clay in the blood? Oh, my God. <laughs> You know, it's like, you know, yesterday we were talking about uh, uh, endotoxin, you, you know, which is like little pieces and parts of bacteria you get from leaky gut, periodontitis, it creates this chronic inflammation. And this one guy said, yeah, sometimes it's used therapeutically to induce fevers to kill cancer. Well, chemotherapy, you know, it's a pretty radical thing, you know, and it may do that. And, you know, these, these zeolites and stuff, they induce something in you. But it's more of a freak out reaction. <laughs> and they like to pretend and use that word chelation that the zeolites are going in and doing all these things. And the zeolites have really low binding capacity for metals. It's just they are working. Mm. There is a system for getting rid of stuff and there are different ways to upregulate it. And that's what we do is we, we know from the literature that these molecules will do this. You know, eventually there's some magic in there. We say these molecules go better than those molecules, yeah. you know, and, you know, there's some energetics to why we choose one thing over another. But everything we can base uh, out of the literature as to how these things work. And so what does your protocol look like specifically? Yeah. So uh, if we're just talking detoxification, sure. you know, we have this general thing we call push catch liver detox. You know, nice, simple two-part thing, something called liver sauce. You know, it's like A1 for your liver. You dump it on the outside before somebody eats your liver. Uh, that was my tongue, my tongue in cheek thing. You know, it came out of the lab as liver sauce and, and the PR agency was like, oh, I like it. You know, I like that. and actually it was first called sunny sauce. Why is that? You're like sunny, S-O-N-N-Y, because the first patient on it was James Kahn. Wow. Oh, the late nice. great James Kahn uh, yeah, was living in a house where uh, all this rain. Uh, oh, there was flooding in the apartment. and It was all moldy and stuff. And he was a mess. I remember talking to him, Doc, Doc, I just feel like shit all the time. Doc, you got to <laughs> fix it. And his trainer, you know, had turned us on to him. And so it was sunny sauce. Then it was liver sauce. So there's just a little history there. I love that. Uh, but that fixed him up real nice. And so liver sauce, what it does is, You've got stuff that turn up the cellular response to in, induce the genes that make the proteins that detoxify the cell. So you're oh. making glutathione, you're making glutathione as transferases, this little like uh, fulcrum uh, to grab mercury, pry it off of a cellular protein and link it onto glutathione. And then you got that glutathione mercury blend, and then you're going to push it out of the cell into the blood. Then you need your liver to pull it into the liver and dump it out with the bile. So liver sauce has things to operate, regulate cellular response to dump toxins, uh, liver transit to pull it in, and bile flow, cholagogs, traditional bitters that dump bile out of the liver. Because the 
pathway for a toxin to get out of the liver cell is in the bile. That's the green highway. Every single cell in the liver is fed by the blood on one side where it can harvest the toxins and drained on the other side by bile. And bile is going down to digest your fats. It's going down as a detergent to wash your upper GI. It's uh, service route bringing in glutathione for detoxification re uh, reactions in the upper, upper GI. And it's those transporters that the toxins are dumped out in. And so you need to couple uh, cellular detox to bile flow. And then you need to catch those toxins in there. So you take your liver sauce, activates all that stuff because of this nanoparticle delivery of the liposomes and nanoemulsions. And we'll talk about the difference between those two different particle types. But because of that, all these compounds get in all at once. You know, if you're taking capsules of them, one absorbs now, one absorbs later, one of them takes eight hours to get in. You know, you're hitting different cues all the time. But in this delivery, everything goes in, pow, 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 pow. Everything moves. It goes into the, uh, into the liver, goes out with the bile. And then 30 minutes after the liver sauce, you come in with the ultra binder. So ultra binder has a number of different toxin binders, one of them being zeolite, but big chunks of zeolite that you're not going to absorb. Uh, one of them being charcoal, one of them being IMD, the first thing that I ever made, metal special, mercury, cadmium, arsenic, a little bit of nickel and lead as well, uh, binder. And then something else called kytosan. Uh, each one of these binders has a different specificity. So a specificity is, is if a binder has specificity, you know, a little spoon of the binder gets a lot of toxin. If it has low specificity, you need a shovel full to get that same amount of toxin. Now, there's a lot of different toxins, and each of the binders has its own chemistry. And so it's got a sweet spot in the soup of toxins that it pulls and holds onto. So you want a cocktail of different binders. So we have five different binders in there and some stuff for GI health. And so that's how the system works roughly. Now, if I'm really going after metals, I'm going to need extra glutathione. So I'm going to take the glutathione. The liposomal you have, yeah. Yeah, with the liver sauce, I'm going to be pushing a lot through kidney too. So I'll take kidney care, which is a which new one that'll help the kidney flow. And I'm probably going to add in uh, a source of phosphatidylcholine. Phosphatidylcholine is a phospholipid. These are a class of lipids that are water-soluble on one end and fatty on the other end. They're what your cell membranes are made out of. And cell membranes are like the unsung hero in <clears throat> what the power we're trying to generate into our system here. You look at the cell membrane. So the cell on the outside has this membrane. It's fatty on the middle and water soluble on both eyes, uh, both sides. It's called that lipid bilayer. And it itself is amazing. It's got all these proteins that go through it, all these transporters that come in and out. And it's got all these little sensing devices that are communication devices for cell to cell communication to get all the cells together. And that communication network is all running through the extracellular matrix. I used to think it was just this goop between the cells, but it's the one organ that goes tip to tail and connects everything. And as they got in to start understanding it, it's a very hyper-ordered space. In fact, Bill Tiller from Stanford would describe these hyper-ordered ion channels that ran through it uh, that were electrical channels. And say those are 
probably the meridians. And the Germans who were really into the extracellular matrix would describe the puncture effect, like from acupuncture. And uh, they would say this little puncture will happen and these changes cascade through the extracellular matrix. And they, the big, the, you know, the lion's share of the change may not be right there. That's how you can hit a meridian on your leg and change, you know, an organ way up farther. Interesting. Yeah. It's the cascading movement of, of the extracellular matrix through all these, uh, through all these communication systems. And that's where all the uh, energy medicine lives. And I think breakdown to that system is where you get uh, electromagnetic sensitivities and where that system should be shielding you kind of like the rubber around a wire, it loses its shielding potential. Oh. They used to think that the EMF was loss of, uh, of the shielding around the nerves, the myelin sheaths around the nerves. And they figured that out wasn't true. And I think it's really the autonomics are losing their extracellular matrix shielding. And cause it's really autonomic offs that, that, you know, you throw your autonomics off with the EMF. All right. So let's get back into the membrane here. <laughs> We've extended out into the rest of the body just to, <laughs> just to share the glory of the extracellular matrix. But we have to Dude, share. We're here. You're so fucking good. Man. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you just said, but I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, you yeah. hear you know it. I mean? You're like, it's I can't blending. repeat the words, but I know what happened. It's that blending of the artist and the scientist, yeah. man. Like you have such a magical way with the six of weeks of training at Epcot system. Center. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was it. Wait till we talk about the membranous organelles in the cell, <laughs> because you you get back to the cell cell membrane. So all those exchanges, all the nutrients in, the toxins out. You know, they're all coming and going through the matrix, through the membranes, in and out of the cell, and then you get to what's inside the cell, and. Then, you know, what do we talk about all the time in our world? Mitochondria, right? Mitochondria, we need healthy mitochondria. What's mitochondria? An outer membrane. And then inside, like an accordion, it's just folded up membrane. Mm. And that membrane health is measured as a membrane potential. It's an ability to separate charge across the membrane. And like the quintessential with that is uh, separating the protons and the outside of the mitochondria to drive through ATP synthase to create ATP. That's the mm. ATP synthesis. You put all this stuff on the one side until it gets so big, it rushes back through. Wow. And so you're building these electrical charges and then discharging them into action. And these there's enzymes housed all through these membranes that are doing doing different things. And the more you can separate black and white and then let it flow together and separate it again, uh, the more power you have in the system. And it's like this Taoist mm. thing. You Gray is dead. It's always interleaving little fine layers of black and white. The more finely you can interleave them, the more power is generated into the system. And that's just in the mitochondria. Then you get to the endoplasmic reticulum. So, you know, there's the nucleus in there and you, everybody thought that was like the power center, or like the decision center. This isn't where decisions are made. There's a library of recipes in the nucleus. That's all it's got. And wrapping around it is the endoplasmic reticulum. And this is just like tons of membrane just wrapped around, wrapped around layer after layer after layer, making these, you know, accordion like layers creating this power structure. And then it breaks into these little tubules and the tubules go to all the other 
uh, membranous organelles. So every mitochondria has a tubule going from the endoplasmic reticulum going up and touching it. The Golgi apparatus, which is how we make uh, more advanced proteins, uh, and some of those proteins are spit out into the extracellular matrix for the fibroblast to build the collagen and stuff. And that's a big membranous structure and it's touching the endoplasmic reticulum. And so it's connecting to everything there. And there's all kinds of stuff made in the endoplasmic reticulum. All these proteins are made in the rough one. All your hormone transformations are made in the smooth endoplasmic reticulum. But then this is freaking great. So they did this experiment where they put this electrode into the outer membrane and then one threw it into the endoplasmic reticulum membrane. And they're not touching. Uh, and if you perturb the electrical potential uh, in the outer membrane, immediately, like at light speed, the inner elect the endoplasmic reticulum membrane does exactly equal and opposite perturbation. So they're connected with this light speed communication. And then the reticulum is the quarterback inside the cell. It's touching every one of the other uh, membranous organelles, which is where the really high advanced stuff is. And they're deciding together on what the potentiality is. The outer membranes reading resources outside, nutritive resources. The inner membranes are reading the resources, the redox potential on the inside. And they're coming to a decision on in its consciousness, what is possible to be manifest at that time, given the situation? And are we going to manifest from default survival genes or are we going to get these higher ordered, uh, you know, regenerative genes going? And so that whole huddle is happening and the endoplasmic reticulum is talking all over and it's talking to the outer membrane. And then the decisions are brought into the nucleus. And then those genes that you're going to express are unfolded. They're read by the RNA and then they're brought out to, be, to the ribosomes to make the proteins, which are this, you know, the end of the whole program is this is what we're expressing in our consciousness according to our potentiality at the moment. <laughs> so how do we get fuck. to the point where we Come where on, we dude. express Come on dude you know the the and I forget even what you said the the latter versus the former how do we Yeah yeah the survival, like the default the survival mode stuff mechanisms. versus versus the luxury stuff where there we're we going to go. proliferate and and re have regenerative programs right yeah. So you got to get the shit out you know cuz the toxins are coming in and they're down regulating all these enzymes that are good and they're like struggling to do their job and then there's accumulation of free radicals and damaged proteins in the cell. We're not cleaning stuff out. You know, you look at like something like autophagy, you know, you're clearing out. We know like my autophagy, we're going to digest an old mitochondria and make a new one, but there's piles of bad protein all over the place. You have to clear those out. And that's not even all the environmental toxins, but all that stuff gets in and it holds down the potentiality of the cell. Are so senescent got, cells part of that? Yeah. So how do you get a senescent cell? So a Can you senescent explain what cell, a senescent yeah. cell is? So senescence is this big area of research and longevity stuff now. And a senescent cell is like this zombie cell. It's right. stopped reproducing. Uh, it's not in growth phase anymore, but it's still there. It won't die. It won't go into apoptosis or autophagy and, you know, become raw material for new cells. 
And instead, it starts secreting pro-inflammatory cytokines uh, that are luring other cells into that arrested growth, arrested, arrested senescent program. And that's called the secretory associated senescent phenotype. The SASP is when they go into that, you know, near dead state, but they're sounding this decay signal. Like a tractor beam bringing these other cells towards it. it. It's, it's luring it. Instead of pulling in, it's spreading out. It's cascading, expanding fields of degeneration. Mm -hmm. Inflammatory fields spreading. And this is, you look at an old person's face with the wrinkly, the thin skin. There's just tons of senescent cells and they're not growing anymore. That's why they're getting thin and wrinkly. And so... Uh, how does it even get into that senescent thing? I mean, yeah, it does with age, but what's hitting it? And so toxins will go in and toxins, uh, ultimately this is a mitochondrial dysfunction, but the Mm. toxins will go in often damage the telomeres, the ends of the chromosomes that are long when you're young, short when you're old. Well, you know, everybody's looking on how to lengthen those, but the toxins themselves are shortening them. And if it's acute, there's then a mitochondrial dysfunction that develops. And the mitochondria are actually the the things that are releasing those pro-inflammatory cytokines. Mm. So the toxicity can drive you into senescence. And then how do you get out of senescence? There's two ways. You're either going to reverse the program and there you have to get a biochemical program that's associated as sort of a uh, a pro-growth one. So your redox potential, you're going to have a more antioxidant-based cell. You're going to have a clean, so you're going to detoxify, move stuff out. This trigger that we hit with the liver sauce, it's called NRF2. Mm. Turns up all these intracellular antioxidants and detoxification mechanisms, cleans up the whole cell. And there's all these triggers in there uh, that know when the cell's under stress and they shut down different uh, proteins in there. And all of a sudden, all those proteins get alive. And so you can actually pull a cell out of senescence, or if it's gone too far, you have to kill it, the senolytic. Mm. And senolytics that we know, like quercetin, fisetin, mm. uh, actually for a long time, like TA65 uh, sold this uh, a really expensive cyclostragonol, and they thought it was lengthening your telomeres. Well, it turns out more likely, it's just its very potent senolytic activity is clearing a lot of this stuff out. Uh, and so that's how you kill these cells and and move them out of the system. But yeah, that's that senescence is one of those decay mechanisms. Mm. Fuck. Dude. A lot of info. <laughs> well. Oh, I hear it's Austin City Limits this week. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well go ahead. Well, I, I'd love to stay on like kind of uh, some more of your protocols because I have a bunch at home ever since, you know, again, we connected, you had given me a bunch when yeah. we left the event and then I just started ordering them. And so, yeah. you know, on some level, I want to know how they work, but I also want to know how to, like I was telling you before the podcast, like how to titrate these things. What's the order? When do I have the ones first thing in the morning? What's the, you know, the, the pairing of the different ones? 
Um, but and I basically so then we, we you know what what programs are we looking for here you know so some of these things are mitochondrial building and adaptogens and sirtuin activators sort of longevity things uh, what, what we associate with that and then some of these cleanup these detoxification protocols so the detoxification you know my my favorite you know recipe right now is the liver sauce glutathione kidney care and membrane mend. Oh, I love that stuff. Is that the, is that the stuff that the makes red the, uh, stuff. the red stuff? Yeah. Yes, yes. I remember I saw that picture stuff. of you yeah. at the dot. Yeah, Evan the anointed. That's yeah, right. I, I did that this time. And this kind of square guy looks at me and goes, he's just staring at me while I'm talking about something. He goes, you know, there's a red dot on your forehead. I'm like, <laughs> thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Anyways, the membrane man is the phosphatidylcholine, and that's building all those membranous structures, the mitochondria, the plasmic reticulum, all those things. It's also helping with bioflow. I mean, and, and it can become acetylcholine. There's so many things that the PC does, but that's why I wanted to talk about the beauty of membranes and when they're healthy. And phosphatidylcholine yeah. is one of the most important supplements in there. Can I, can I throw something in yeah. here to, for me, I think it's maybe a precursor to the protocols and, and what, everything that you do because yeah. you, something really incredible, what you said, talking about the function of the cell, how it works, the processing of ATP. Yeah. And you said something about the black and white. Yeah. Getting them to function together so that they can move energy and power. And it brought me into, because one of my questions was about yin and yang. Yeah. And that's what that's And you about. were speaking, that's speaking to yin and yang on the fucking quantum level. Yes. And so for me, what's so fascinating about everything that, like all your products and everything that you do, man, is you've really tapped into that in creating this system of making the body function in its highest order yeah through that ancient eastern philosophy of yin and yang yeah and it was only recently that we even put like ginseng in anything <laughs> yeah no, and it's but- just amazing to me dude cuz that's like you know from the microcosm to the macrocosm it's this balance of yin and yang of light and dark of right. And you're not, it's not that you're in the gray zone right? in the middle. You're so power in the cell is from separation of things. It's compartmentalization. Calcium is kept on the outside magnesium on the inside. When that breaks down, actually. So like EMF, it affects voltage gated calcium channels and that ability to separate the things apart from one another. And when you damage the EMF damages that channel and all of a sudden the calcium rushes in and then there's this whole runaway inflammatory reaction that happens and the cell can just die. But in like in the brain, you're controlling calcium uh, in there. And when the EMF uh, hits that, that makes the glutamate receptors more likely to go into a hyper exaggerated state that'll, mm. that'll cause neuroinflammation, anxiety, like the sympathetic drive. And so the power in the system is maintaining separation. 
sodium outside, potassium inside, calcium outside, magnesium inside, the protons outside of the inner membrane and then rushing in to create the ATP, that ability to keep setting polarity, right. maintain polarity. Right. You know, it's like the great relationship workers, you know, they, they love the dynamism of the man and the woman and the polarity Absolutely. and keeping the polarity going. And where do we lose power is when the polarity freaking dies, mm. you know, mm. and you get into the gray zone. And so the membranes and the little transporters and ion channels in them are, you know, the things that you can affect that control that dynamic and control that flow out. And, you know, and then the more we do, you know, the more we're conscious of EMF and spaces and shielding ourselves from these things, the more we're taking away these interference or perversions that are coming uh, from the outside that are affecting our ability to set, you know, that separation and that formation of power, that polarization. Mm. It's really interesting. And so from, from, a protocol standpoint, if you're somebody like Cal or myself, yeah, someone who's taking good care of themselves, tapped in, using these products to optimize yourself, I guess where's the where's the line or the yeah, I guess the line between upregulation, downregulation, detoxification, cleaning. Yeah, you know, amplifying, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, the Chinese used to talk about tonification versus detoxification. Where where are you draining out of the system because of excess and where are you powering up? Uh, Increasingly, those lines blurred a lot, but let's just pick off some of these things. Well, I in the hyper marketed no world of supplements or no, I think we're finding ways to do both at the same time. Okay. You know, so like when you have a, it, it, the classic thing in, in Chinese medicine was like, if you have a cold, you never take ginseng. You don't tonify, you take stuff that clears out the pathology. It's usually excess of water, excess of fire, you know, something like that, excess of wind, and you're trying to drain and rebalance. And then you tonify and power back up. Hmm. Uh, So let's just hold that aside for for a little bit. Uh, And one of the reasons is because when we, talk about things like sirtuin activation. Sirtuin activation is getting you into those uh, sort of uh, codifying those higher regenerative programs in your body. So uh, I like to talk about AMPK and sirtuins. All right. So we're going to talk about detox stuff. That's NRF2 crossing over into AMPK and then metabolic stuff. That's AMPK then cascading into sirtuins. Uh, so let's go with the AMP cancer tunes because, you know, I mean, a lot of people here, you know, biohackers or paleo or, you know, keto, you know, familiar with, with doing these kind of things. AMPK is this uh, trigger for effective and, and clear metabolism that comes when you fast, when you carb restrict, when you exercise mm. or from certain nutraceuticals or pharmaceuticals. And it triggers you to mobilize your resources. So you're always going back and forth between storage, you know, or anabolism, building up mass 
and catabolism, breaking it down. Oh. So AMPK is shifting you over to catabolism. You're going to turn your fat into ketones and feed your body with that. You're going to uh, become more insulin sensitive. You're going to make more glute, uh, you know, uh, more glucose transporters, and you're going to you're going to use energy very effectively. Now, this is good because the opposite of that is called AMPD, and that generates uh, little inflammatory states that cause you to put on fat. So because of the ice ages and you, you'll see there's a lot of lecturing about this, like David Perlmutter had just uh, wrote a book called mm. drop acid. Mm. You should be on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. It doesn't look like he's on acid. <laughs> not enough anyway. Not enough. And so that's about uric acid. And so uric, high uric acid levels kind of tend to shift you over to these inflammatory states that build fat on. And this is an ice age thing. You know, we're, we're geared to build fat whenever we see some fruit and carb around to uh, get us through the winter, uh -huh. you know? And so our, our genes are just tuned to that. And so we want to be able to go over to AMPK because see, we used to run out of food all the time, uh -huh. you know, and then, AMPK will come clean you all up. All right. So AMPK starts with this, you know, mobilizing resources, effectively burning carbs and, and, and fats. And, but then where we're trying to get to higher uh, mitochondrial densities, you have to get to sirtuin activation. So that's the second part. And we, we hear about sirtuin activators like resveratrol and, you know, Creston does some of that and terastilbene. Uh, but the sirtuins need NAD to do that. Uh, and so when, when they activate these different, uh, programs, they're deacetylating these programs and turning on all these, uh, these, uh, programs that are very efficient and regenerative and clean burning. And so MPK and sirtuins work with NAD to keep you in this higher order of programs that you're asking about. Now, NRF2, that detox one. So a lot of these toxins generate inflammation. The inflammation blocks the sirtuins and blocks the AMPK and, and takes you in the wrong direction. And uh, in fact, endotoxin that is actually not a toxin, it's parts of bacteria that you get from leaky gut, I mentioned before from periodontitis, also shift you away from that. All right, so say we're in the shifted away state. Now we have to detoxify and get this stuff out of the body. That's when we're using these detox protocols like the push catch, the advanced push catch. Now we're going to be hitting these triggers of both NRF2 and AMPK. So, uh, and when AMPK is high, NRF2 is more easily activated. So these are some clues for us as to how to more effectively detoxify. So if you're on a detox protocol, you should intermittent fast if you can, carb restrict if you can, even, you know, early in the day doing that and a little carb at night because you got to make sure you sleep. And, and, but the less carbs, the uh, you know, and, and less food, more fasting time will, and, you know, moderate exercise will activate AMPK and make your NRF2 activation more effective. So their NRF2 and AMPK, we're clearing out old toxins and uh, stored fats. And with the stored fats, 
come the fat soluble toxins. So all these t- things, you know, when you're going into doing uh, keto, if you're doing a lot of weight loss, you're going to release a lot of fat soluble toxins. And that's like keto flu and all that stuff is mostly uh-huh. that it's actually dangerous doing that without some detoxification support mm. at the very least, some GI binders, like charcoal to pick some of that stuff up, but really maintaining good bioflow and binding is, is really key during, during that process there. And so we have that cleanup of NRF2 and AMPK. We have the metabolic side of AMPK and sirtuins. And you're asking, you know, how do we how do we titrate all this stuff? More of the day-to-day is the AMPK and sirtuin side, that metabolic stuff, you know, bringing the higher order, keeping those higher order uh, programs going. And then more intermittently is let's clean out the junk. Hmm. And you're going to do that. I, I often say, you, you know, you start with a, a formal detoxification, say our advanced push catch, do at least a month or month one, and then do the double dose month two. really get things squared away. You may go, I mean, people are really sick and have really gotten sick. You know, we may be de- detoxing for, for three to six months, uh, but we can do a ton of work in one to two months. And then you're going to keep this stuff around. You know, you got your liver sauce, you could bond your kidney care, you know, on the weekends, do a couple rounds. The beauty of this system is because you we, we call it biosynchronous activation when all the molecules come into the nanoparticles and they all arrive together and they set up this tone and this program of we're going to dump all this shit. And then we come in with the binder, we catch it and we end the process there. We tie a little bow around it. So doing that push, then the catch you know, it's going to take you half hour to do that. Wait another half hour before you eat if you're going to or just keep fasting. You just got a little cycle of detox. Now, you can do that once a day, twice a day, three times. You can do single dose, double dose, triple dose. We get into like really rad ones, you know, but you can just keep that around like a supplement and, uh, you know, do a couple rounds uh, a week. Maybe it's on the weekend. Maybe it's on a Monday. Anytime you're feeling kind of foggy and heavy, of you know, you go and detox that. What's that? Of detox. Little rounds of detox. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you need formal one, then you need, you know, little rounds. You know, some people, it depends how you like to do things. Some people, it's like, oh, once a year, I do a month. Others, like every quarter, I do, you know, two weeks. Others are like, you know. I just partied too hard. I need a round of detox. Well, and then, and then part of the, uh, the push protocol also, I think you mentioned to me when we were, uh, together in the spring was sauna, uh, working out that oh, also pushes yeah, things right. out into the system. Foot baths, massage, you know, it's push sauna catch. That works so freaking good. Mm. You take all your, all the stuff in your push side, hop in your sauna, and then you drink your binder later. That's just an awesome one. Or if you're going to go get some light movement, don't work out hard because a hard workout sympathetic. Walking, though, is parasympathetic. So you want sort of parasympathetic, mild exercise. Uh, and then your binder. Uh, those iron foot baths, I don't see them in the circuit. They didn't really make it into the biohacking world. They were big in like autism and Lyme and stuff. And I've seen those things really work. If I measure your blood before one, and then you're, you know, 30 minutes later, measure it. All your metals levels will jump up. 
So everybody thinks you're sucking metals out through your feet and stuff and this bullshit. Right, right, All that right. stuff in the in the bath is from the electrodes. And then something in your foot acids change it different colors. You know, there's some magic there. But that's not where the toxins are going. They're being released from your tissues into the blood. And then you're going to pee and shit those out oh. later. So that's working on an autonomic level. That's when your autonomics release, you release toxins. When your autonomics are jacked, they hold on to everything. So there it's push, foot, bath, catch. Uh, got push, it. massage, catch. Can you speak a little bit more about why you want a parasympathetic activity rather than a sympathetic? For instance, because I do a lot of hot yoga, yeah. a lot of Bikram. Yeah. And that is the moment you step in that 105 degree room, you're getting triggered sympathetically. <laughs> Adrenaline, cortisol, and the whole practice is a getting yourself out of sympathetic over and over again. And I've thought since the last event yeah. where I heard you really start to speak about the push catch system, yeah. I haven't done it because I'm unsure if I took the push and then went and did a hot yoga. Well, it depends how long you stay in sympathetic. It's 90, okay. You know, if you break out of sympathetic, you know, what is the 15 minutes do? into it. All right. So sympathetic's what? It's fight or flight. Right. And then parasympathetic is rest, digest, repair, regenerate, detoxify. Uh, right. Uh, uh -huh, All okay. the regenerative, the clearing away of the perversions. No, uh -huh. some perversions are good, but cellular <laughs> perversion, the clearing away of the cellular perversion and uh, and regenerating. That's all from uh, parasympathetic. Why? Because this is all prioritization. What's priorities? You know, right, right. what priorities when you're in sympathetic, you know, you prioritize survival, you know, survival and you deprioritize all the other shit. Uh -huh. And then. When you get the time to chill, then your body goes, okay, now let me do all the other work that's, you know, gonna, gonna fix us, fix mm -hmm. us back up. And so that's why all these things that chronically keep you in sympathetic are, are, are a real problem. And the toxin. EMF does that, the toxins. So the toxins freaking do that. So mercury in the neurotransmitters, sympathetic is associated with glutamate. And uh, GABA is your parasympathetic. Those are the main ones. That's 80% of all neurotransmission is that pair right there. And, you know, you think, oh, glutamate, bad. But glutamate is memory and it's priority in your mental space. And that memory is survival. Like, that's a bear. I'm going to die. You know, and so glutamate keeps you on and vigilant. GABA, like, chills you all out. You know, that's like the kava you know, is making you, I'm sure it's a GABA agonist and chilling you out into that thing. Mm. Uh, and so the toxins themselves, like mercury goes up and it hyperwires the glutamate receptor that even at an average level of glutamate, the receptor hyperfunctions. And so it's, so even the toxins themselves are sending you into sympathetic and holding on to all that. So you got to break that cycle. You know, one of the interesting things, one of my brothers was talking to me uh, back at home. We were taking a little microdose walk through the woods. Uh, and, you know, these things like Bikram and getting into a cold plunge, getting into all those uncomfortable situations are helping us to dewire 
uh, an overactive sympathetic. Uh-huh. And so it's, it's working out our autonomic, our control, our conscious control over the autonomics. And so those are good things that allow us to have a little bit more conscious control over sympathetic, parasympathetic. And then there's these, just these chronic irritants that are screwing things up in the background. Uh-huh. Interesting. So if you're, if you are doing the sauna, if you add the cold plunge to it, is that not recommended? Cause that maybe that, that triggers the sympathetic response. You know, you can get it all done because you can, you can push sauna, catch, plunge. Okay. Hmm. The catch is sort of tying it up. And you said it's about a 30 kind minute window. It. Yeah. 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 That's perfect actually. Yeah. Okay. Where does, uh, so then let's, let's move into longevity and I'm curious where your AMPK charge sits with all yeah. this. Now it's, that's a really cool one because yeah, it's AMPK dominant, uh, but it does have some matter of two, uh, upregulation too, and some liver activity. So it's, it'll put you into ketosis in like no time. We can sit around and drink beer and eat pizza. The next morning, we're going to take that. And, you know, in about 40 minutes, we got blood ketones. AMPK? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. We used to call it keto before six. Like you could be keto until <laughs> 6 p.m. and then eat carbs. Next day, start again. Like it's really good. It's a great AMPK activator. And in fact, that AMPK activation is what a lot of the metabolic uh, pharmaceuticals do. Metformin, it's what that's what metformin does. Berberine's really good at that. Berberine's in the AMPK charge. But AMPK charge, you know, it's uh, so it's AMPK activating, but it's got sirtuin activating compounds like resveratrol in it too. So if you have enough NAD, you'll be doing AMPK and sirtuin activation. And when you get to mitochondrial biogenesis, which is uh, so. Just to, before I talk about AMPK being one level and sirtuin being the higher level, when you look at a mitochondria, AMPK activates autophagy. So you'll go into a cell and you'll find all the bad mitochondria, say, and we'll put those into an autophagosome, which is a little liposome in the cell with, with uh, acids and enzymes to break everything back down, liquefy the mitochondria liquefy the dead to feed the living. You know, that was the the matrix thing. I always think about that with autophagy, but that's one side of the coin. We're going to kill the bad mitochondria. And how do we find the bad versus the good? When their membranes go bad, they accumulate little tags that say, eat me, Mm. you know, and, and that's actually how it works. When the membranes start depolarizing, they get these little tags on them. And when it's time for autophagy, those are the ones you collect. And go into the autophagism. But now we want to replace them. And that's a trigger called mitochondrial biogenesis. And it's the, under this uh, thing called PGC1-alpha. And that has to be sirtuin activated. So just like, you know, fasting or working out, AMPK activation will trigger autophagy. But then you need NAD to enable the sirtuin activation to get to the mitochondrial biogenesis. And in fact... If you're trying to do that stuff with low NAD, you won't get that. So caloric restriction effects and stuff won't happen there. All right. So there's AMPK charges doing AMP, AMPK activation, dragging a little NRF2 with it, and uh, answer to an activation. That's a great everyday one. Right in the morning, you know, 
drink coffee, take that, you know, wait to, for guys, especially because we can intermittent fast so much easier uh, and just wait to eat till lunch. And you just feel freaking great. Mm. And in the background, you got low level detoxification all going all the time. The liver sauce has much more NRF2, but still a lot of AMPK. In fact, there was a guy who did a study on liver sauce with fatty liver, and he got 80% of his patients vastly improved their fatty liver just doing a month with push catch. Wow. It's because one, you're moving toxins out, but two is the AMPK activation pos, uh, potential in the liver sauce. But so there's more detox, a little less AMPK in liver sauce than uh, AMPK charge is a little bit of the detox and a bunch more of the AMPK activation. That is one of the most solid, like everyday supplements. And do you, do you pair that with the NAD platinum that you have? Yeah. Where, where does that fit in? Yeah. So NAD, you're either going to do NAD platinum or you're going to do a pair of NAD gold and methyl charge. I don't have those two. Okay. So yeah. And so NAD, NAD pushing NAD has to go with supporting methylation. Those two need to go together. AMP, uh, NAD is driving sirtuins and NAD is turned then into this stuff called nicotinamide. And then that has to be regenerated back to NAD. Now, as you get older, you're less good at regenerating that. Inflammatory uh, interference makes you less good at doing that. And the nicotinamide builds up and blocks the sirtuins. So you need to flush that away, and you flush it away by methylating it with SAMe, S-adenosylmethionine, mm. which is a major thing for... Uh, it's your major methyl donor in the world. But when that goes down, you build up homocysteine, you get cardiovascular disease, you get depression, uh -huh. uh, all kinds of problems. That's why SAMe is used so much for depression. Uh -huh. So uh, you're depleting SAMe when you're driving NAD. So you need the B vitamins to regenerate the SAMe from the homocysteine. And this is B2, methyl B12, TMG, a little bit of B6. Uh, and people miss that in the beginning. They'd be driving all this NAD activity, but not supporting methylation. So first they get a bunch of energy and then they get a crash in the system. Just like, you know, 10 years ago, people were driving methylation with methylfolate. They would first feel really good because it's stabilizing the mast cells and lowering inflammation, clearing up your brain. And then they'd have a crash that they said, well, now we're detoxing and now I'm having the crash. It was actually, they were driving so much methylation, they were depleting NAD in the mitochondria and having a mitochondrial crash. So you need both of those to come together. NAD platinum puts them together and puts some sirtuin activators in it. It's a nice one-stop shop thing. Great to give to your parents to just take one thing that's going to help them live longer. Okay. And it's a great easier one for us to take. But often you have to balance the NAD uh, and the methylation. And so we have NAD gold methyl charge if you're doing this more independently. And for an average person, it's a two to one ratio, like, you know, four pumps of NAD gold, two pumps of methyl charge. But then for people who are lower methylators, like if you're prone, like maybe you're really ambitious, but you're tr prone to being a little bit depressed or having your energy drop down, you probably need more methylation. Or if you know you've got like the motherfucker genes, you know, MTHFR, 1298 or 677, some sort of mutations in there, then you're going to need more of the methylation. And you do like a one-to-one. -one. 
good friend of mine. He's my patent lawyer, Jonathan. And he was first on two to one. And, you know, we're getting to that age, you know, where, where stuff crops up, you know, and, and I was driving with him and I noticed him kind of phase a little bit, like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> and I'm like, so Jonathan, <laughs> what's up? It's that neuro thing there. He goes, yeah, that's been happening. And I'm like, more methylation. And I put him up to one-to-one, pew, totally disappeared. You know, this, the, the balance between, Amazing. I had this old biological Fucking wizard man <laughs> dude, dude, mom. so good mom. i got this paper i found it's like biological anthropology biochemical anthropology and they're talking about these these different civilizations that built up and the balance between nad and methylation in them and it was the balance between b vitamin availability realize nad is niacin brought mm. up to its highest level mm. it's and it was the balance between choline in the diet for methylation, the choline's a methyl group. So it's like base methyl group and vitamin B3. And if you had all one and not the other, you got a certain type of Parkinson's. If you had all the other and not the one, you got a different type of Parkinson's. They both led to neurodegenerative problems. If you're born with a mom with low NAD, well, you never go anywhere. You're just a runt, never make it out of the pack. But later on, the balance between those really... Uh, really sets the tone. And they were talking about these uh, cascading proteinopathies, you know, and when you you hear, I'm talking about, you know, these interleavings of the white and the black, all of a sudden you've got all black and the white and stuff like that. And you can't, you can't make the energy work anymore. Mm -hmm. And that'll lead to one dysfunction over another. You're either going to go down this cancer path or you're going to go down this uh, more neurodegenerative path. But when you have both of those and you raise that up, you raise the potential on the human being itself. And these guys are like talking in this kind of language, like I talk and I'm like, and they're talking about our ancient cultures, access to NAD and methylation. I'm like, I fucking love this. (laughs) Oh my God, dude. And I find, you know, at biohacker events, you know, I'm just sitting there squirting methyl charge and everything because everybody's driving all these things, all these texts and stuff, you know, they're, and they drive that NAD system so many different ways and they end up methylation deficient. And so many people who come up to our airstream and I'm like, I look at them and, you know, that's the wizard. I'm like, just take that. And they'll be like, oh my God, what just, who turned the lights on? And everything's better. And yeah. under these stressors and throughout COVID, I mean, COVID, you know, we're not talking enough about, you know, what the long term effect, the next couple of years are going to be just rife with cardiovascular and autoimmunity. And uh, but those stressors, this new bug through us and our immune system jacking and and then, you know, and COVID turns on AMPK and NRF2, it just fucking crushes them. Mm. And so you're going to see all this cardiometabolic disease and toxicity and stuff, but there's just, you need more and more methylation to deal with these stressors. I feel, you know, I feel like you were handing out a lot of nano fuel and longevity elite when I was at the event. I, I was, and I was quietly loading methyl charge into everything. Yeah. I'd give you a <laughs> shot nice of this, dosing. but I'd throw this stuff on That's top. I'm like, I don't want to muddy the waters too much. But. 
<laughs> I remember too, right before we did our uh, live podcast and it was just like, here, take some of this. It was like, whoa, it's game on. It's, yeah. Yeah, like it's immediate. Yeah. It, it's oh, all yeah. so fast. You have longevity, nano fuel, and a little methyl in there. Woo. I miss them. That's the one thing I haven't been going with is the methyl charge. Yeah. So. Get the methyl charge. Yep. You know, and anytime you feel like shit's out. just not hitting right, like mm. I should be better you know, hit that. And so obviously like with the melatonin, you're doing that at night. And that's when I would throw in some of the GABA as well. Is that a proper recommendation? GABA, CBD, melatonin. We have, you know, uh, we have one CBD Synergies SP that's got GABA, CBD, and melatonin and 5-HTP and then a couple herbs. That was a life changer for me. Yeah, SP. Yeah. Oh, the CBD Synergies. CBD synergies. I was giving you the capsules yeah. with the C- CBD synergies, PN, PN for pain. Yeah. SP was for sleep. And that's actually my favorite of all of them. Uh-huh. Uh, which one, the SP or the PN? The PN. Yeah. Well, it can be used for anything. It's CBD, like full spectrum. So there's a little bit of THC in there with curcumin, Boswellia and beta caryophyllin. Now, the significance of the curcumin is really underrated, but I think mm. it only works in our delivery system. Curcumin, when you get unmetabolized curcumin into the blood, it acts very strongly on CB1 receptors in the brain. So cannabinoid receptors, oh, you get CB1, CB2. Uh-huh. And uh, CB2 is more immune and anti-inflammatory, and CB1 is more right in the central nervous system. That's what gets you high when you take THC. And it does something to modulate that receptor that makes it more amenable to small amounts of THC, really turning on uh, a great anti-inflammatory cascade, both in the central nervous system and in the periphery. And it makes the THC last much longer. When I first was making these nano curcumins, I, I had my RD guy throw a couple milligrams of THC in there and I t- took these things. I was going off to Europe and, you know, it'd be three milligrams of THC, like in an edible, like nothing you think. Yeah, super. Just blowing people away. And they're like, oh my fucking <laughs> God. And like eight hours later, they're like, I, you know, you wake up the next morning, like, I am still high. And it was <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> You know, I kept going, I am curcumin. (laughs) And uh, there was something gorgeous about that blend. And so when you you were going through that, you know, relationship breakdown, anxiety period, I was just pouring those into you and slathering progesterone. I remember that. He used it all over the arms. And yeah, Yeah. you said it just turned to Gab of King. I saw him the next day. He's like, it just turned me around. I mean, you... Listening to you speak for five minutes, you, anyone understands your mastery of all of this stuff. And you are so beyond that, man. Mm-hmm. Just as a, as a healer, as a medicine man, you are the, you are the quintessential medicine man. Dude. Well, thank you. And in May, I was going through, you know, a big personal thing that I've talked about on other pods that you can hear anywhere else. And it was the first night Cal was there. We did our, our following the heart panel. 
I spilled my guts. I spilled my my guts to this group in this talk, and it was super, super powerful. It felt like a. I mean, essentially, I, I ended up going into a complete ceremony, inner experience, purge, yeah. and it started off. I literally hit. I had a vape pen that I took one hit off of after that panel and this wave came over me. Yeah. I remember that. And I I walked out (laughs) to the field at the property. I was looking out over the field and I'm like, wow, some shit's about to just go down with inside of me. And I hear this sound. I was by myself and I hear this sound and it's Dr. Shade. And he's, I see him talking to somebody, but he's doing this thing. He's doing this thing with his body and he's like, (laughs) like he's, his nervous system is having this reaction. And I'm thinking to myself, why the fuck is he doing what I'm feeling right now? And I went on to basically have a complete breakdown where I had to be taken into the staff bedroom and spent the rest of the night in there sobbing on my hands and knees. I was putting myself into yoga postures and I was just in a complete purge and one of my buddies who was there came and i said to him i said gino you got to go get dr shade he's like okay i was like he'll know he'll know what to do and you he went and got you you came in you had the progesterone you had the cbd and you just immediately it was like you cut right through everything you said Ed, this is what you, what's happening right now this is what you're going through we're going to squirt you we're gonna load you up with progesterone bring the adrenaline down because i was in a war i was in an all-out war inside yeah and you know first of all i want to thank you so much for that because it was so it was so meaningful to me and powerful to me that you were just so in tune and i knew you were amazing already i already loved you but that was just like, well, I hide the other side. I play the PhD on TV. Yeah, exactly. You do. Exactly. (laughs) And you're so, man, you're, you're such a gift dude. And you, you were, you're, you've been a complete gift in my life. And, um, your intuition, like driving with your patent attorney, he's having his thing and you're like, John, what's going on there? Yeah. And you just know, you know, right away. You're like, this is how, this is how we balance this out. Let's bring this back to equilibrium. And that's what you did for me. You brought me back into homeostasis. And that's a really important one is the use of progesterone in men. It is so great. We have an amazing nano serum progesterone you do topically. That was the best. Yeah. That was the greatest anti-anxiety. By the way, Peyton. (laughs) Remedy. Peyton did it orally the first time. She didn't read the label. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, they're all, they're all safe that way. Uh, but legally I can only do it as a cosmetic, you know, but this, like, we don't think about that with men, but progesterone is thus, it is the CBD of hormones and it's so much more powerful than CBD. Yeah. It just brings you right down with women, the irritability of estrogen dominance, it's uh, progesterone is the answer to that. And it just brings them right down right away. It helps them sleep. But men with excess estrogen, estrogen, I'm sorry, men with excess adrenaline, men with sleep issues, men with prostate issues, it's huge. It actually blocks uh, DHT formation, slows Mm. that down. So it's good uh, long-term 
for your prostate. You put it on your hair. And if you're a guy like me who loses it from DHT and it'll help regenerate hair, but it's really that ability to offset uh, the adrenaline and take you out of sympathetic and yeah. parasympathetic. It opens up liver. In fact, estrogen blocks liver, progesterone opens it up. So there's all these uses of, uh, of progesterone that just aren't known as much. And especially with men. And it was the tool to bring you down. Brought me right down. I was, I thought I was going to die in that room. That's how I felt. Just in a full-blown fucking adrenal war. Yeah. <laughs> and you came in, hit me with that, and it was like, oh, my God, I could breathe. Yeah. Like, somebody yeah. pulled the pin out of the yeah. pressure cooker, dude. That's it. Open up your arms. I'm going to rub them <laughs> with this. Settle you down. No, I just, I have to thank you for that, man. And call, acknowledge your, your absolute, mastery and just beyond the the science and your intuition and your connection with the man dude thank you buddy thank you yeah. i really appreciate you man <laughs> i appreciate this yeah, yeah this man. is a lot you know, of fun like, dude. yeah you know what it's a great time in my life right now you know i'm i'm post-divorce and Post-COVID, COVID broke up tribes or at least apparent tribes that were there. Right. Like in my medical world, you saw the people running for the vaccine. Just save me, save me. And then the other ones like, keep that fucking poison shit away from me. And what were united groups became very divided very quickly. Uh, but I, I, I did see like a reforming of the tribes and I feel a great, like I feel great about who, who has come into my world and sort of what the new, what the new, what the new tribes are. And, you know, it's like, you know, I'm at this age, it's like, who am I going to run with into the end? You know, and who can I really trust and who has my back you know, I was sort of kept away from having male friends for a long time. And and now it's like, oh, fuck, this feels so good. There's so many good people. And, and I, you know, these sort of new alliances that are forming the minds that are coming together. You know, it, it really feels good. And it's such yeah. an important time. Very important. Very important. Yeah, I feel that too. And I think um, it's been like a winnowing down of like kind yeah. of like this opening up like who's oh, really in the tribe the, you know they're on the same boat and then it's like eh, well, not exactly yeah that's it there's you know, a smaller the, group, the storm, the group the storm was up there and people are fucking bailing left and right that's you right know? it's like oh government save me save me please <laughs> oh, you pussies <laughs> you fucking go for that just a little threat and you fucking jump overboard yeah yeah, it was a tough period for a lot of folks. Oh, it was but it was—it was, was the great kind of awakening for 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 many. Yeah. Big time, man. Yeah, big time. I mean, I remember meeting you for the first time. Cal's like meeting my brother here. Yeah, you know that was less than that was earlier this year, right? It was March, South by Southwest. Yeah. I met Gosh. you for the first time. It seems like way longer. Yeah. than Yeah, we've known each other for lifetimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's amazing, man. I've definitely been experiencing that. We've talked about this, Cal, this 
over this past year. And, you know, we were talking about it in May of turning my life totally down to zero. Yeah. Just back to neutral. You know, and for about pretty much from the second half of the year on, May on, I did nothing but teach yoga, take yoga, and spend time with my daughter. Yeah. And in that time, I've whittled down my life to the exact things that I desire to be involved in and the people I want to spend time with. Yeah. You know, you make yourself, at one time, I found a lot of validation and self-worth and putting myself into all of these groups and like getting myself in the mix and doing all this shit and being in action constantly. And I realized, Eb, that has nothing to do with how much you're worth or what you can bring to the table. Or it's like when it, when at the end of the day, when am I filling my cup up so that I can be the radiant light that I'm destined to be? Yep. You know, that's what people are looking for. Yeah. And it's, and I realize it's smaller and smaller. It's a smaller and smaller circle. It's a smaller and smaller menu of things I'm involved in. Like earlier today, I ran into some, some friends that we know like, Ab, you got to come to this concert. Like, no, bro, (laughs) I'm not going to the concert. I'm seeking solitude, man. Silence, quiet, stillness, and really close connections. That's what I'm seeking. And my life, it's like the universe. God is just bringing me more and more beautiful people, experiences, things that are in direct alignment with where I'm supposed to be. So yeah, I'm, right I'm feeling like a call to the, like a shedding period. And I know yeah. ever since Eb and I had spent some time together, I've been like working to unwind my busyness. And I've, while I've made great strides, there's still stuff that is there and it, it's accumulated. And it's just like letting go of that stuff to create more bandwidth for whatever it is I want to do. And like being really clear about that. And that's been, I think challenging is that I thought it would have been easier and I didn't realize how deeply, you know, ingrained I was in all these different things. And so it's just like the, the, un, yeah. the unlocking of those, you know, relationships and patterns and, you know, different uh, things that I'm involved in has been much more challenging than I would have expected, but it's, I'm making progress for sure. But, yeah, the volcano's nice. I, I love the the background. It sounds like we're like crinkling up tinfoil. <laughs> yeah, these, yeah. these guys sucking on these volcanoes yeah. of, uh, of tobacco. Tell me this. Uh, I do want to wrap on the supplement stuff so we can, yeah. I know there's a few other things we want to chat about, but uh, specifically the one, mm. talk about that. And then I yeah, want you to talk about the Keenton yeah. stuff. And like, I, you totally. fascinated me with where that, the, that seawater is actually the the kind of life cycle of it. Yeah. So uh, let's go with the one first. So that the one, if you're only going to take one thing, what's it going to be? It's going to be a mitochondrial supplement. And before, you know, this is before we made all the NAD and all these things uh, before mitochondria was sort of center stage in this discussion all the time, I made this one supplement for it. And uh, 
the the star of it in, and you'll see there's a couple, I, I talk about programs like liver sauce has a bioflow program, NRF2 program, a mast cell stabilizer program. So this has a couple in it. Uh, and it's got these primary nutrients. We'll come back to them. And then it's got a big thing of phosphatidylcholine, like a full dose of PC in there, and then a bunch of adaptogenic herbs. And in those primary ingredients, there's something called PQQ, pyroloquinoline quinone. That was this sort of super CoQ10 that came out years ago. So Asprey had put out unfair advantage was PQQ and CoQ10. So this has... Uh, this nano PQQ, nano CoQ10, some resveratrol, some tocotrienol. Uh, but that that PQQ is just, that shit is just magic. And it's this beautiful red color uh, that actually stains your teeth blue, but it's red. And uh, it's an AMPK activator. It's a sirtuin activator. It's got specificity for that mitochondrial biogenesis gene, PGC1 alpha. When I first ta- took it, like, it just blew me away. What It woke up all this stuff in my body. And interestingly, it woke up my immune system to remember that it was sitting on old bits of lime. Uh, I'm a, you know, I'm an East coaster yep. and, you know, we all got a little lime in there and it was like, wow. And, and, you know, I just started clearing all this stuff out. Uh, and I was like, this has got to go in a supplement. And so I put it into the one. And so you've got up there, the PQQ, resveratrol, CoQ10, tocotrienol, uh, and then the PC for all the membranes that drive the mitochondrial health and the adaptogen blend. We did, uh, we did a series with Sunhorse Botanicals down kind of San Diego area. Mm. Uh, there's this great uh, herbalist down there, Dan Moriarty. And he had this idea of global resonance. So adaptogens all grow in certain areas and adapt you to that climate there. Uh, Like rhodiola uh is one you can use for altitude sickness. It grows at only above 13,000 feet. Hmm. So it grows at altitude and harmonizes you to that. So he'd take... Uh, you know, South American, Chinese, Tibetan, Indian uh, adaptogens from all these different areas. Eleutherococcus, that's out in Siberia, you know, that's where that came from. Uh, and some ginsengs. And so that was this whole global resonance formula he put together. So, uh, so adaptogens, PC, and then those super nutraceuticals. And it's, it's, you know, among people like us, it's like... It's it's probably one, your favorite or one of your favorites. It's my favorite. Yeah, one is my favorite. Yeah, and it's Mindy's favorite. It's it's really my favorite. Yeah. Like so many people just freaking love it because it just feels so good. I mean, yeah, we have longevity elite. We've got the NAD, but that thing does so much. And at the time, I would, uh, my mother in law was coming over from France, and she was coming from sea level and coming up to. Uh, the Mile High City, where we lived outside of Denver. You know, altitude stuff, swollen legs, could only walk like, you know, she just could walk like 20 feet and then would be winded. And mm. I put her on ultravitamin and the one. And, it, you know, and it is, that is the combo. Anybody's parents here, you give them that. It will change anybody's life who's above 60. Because it's turning on mitochondria and getting absorption where there was none of all these vitamins. So all of a sudden, this woman, after about a week of that, she's walking her dog around the lake. It's a one-mile track around the lake. 
And then after another week, she's walking them twice a day around this track. I mean, it was just freaking unreal what that did for. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. So that's the one. I mean, it is just an awesome, awesome Quicksilver supplement. Mm-hmm. Then you asked about Kintone. Mm. So Kintone is awesome. And we're, it's not a Quicksilver supplement. We're the custodians of that supplement. And uh, Kintone is a seawater supplement. It's seawater harvested off the coast of France. Mm. And from a specific area where there's a permanent upwelling of water. So this is important because people will be like, seawater, seawater is all polluted, right? So seawater goes in these global conveyor belts Mm. and like water will rise uh, in the Arctic, run along the top of the Pacific to the Antarctic, sink down there, come up along the Atlantic, along the ocean floor, gathering all the minerals off the ocean floor, all the stuff that we're not getting in our food, all these things that are supposed to be coming off of rocks, uh, chelated off the rocks with the organic matter delivered to uh, delivered to the plants and brought into them. We're just not getting that anymore. Every element of the periodic table is on this water. And this wow. water is thousands of years old. And then it comes up in this place off the coast of France, brings these nutrients up from the seafloor, and that creates a phytoplankton bloom, the little one-celled plants. And you can see this from space. It's a spiralic, uh, it's a spiralic, it's a vortex that's coming up there. And there's a spiralic green phytoplankton bloom. And then that gives way to the zooplankton that, that feed on them, the little tiny uh, animals that, you know, sea animals. And so they go in right at the end of the the phytoplankton, going into the zooplankton, they pull this seawater out with all these minerals and all these organic compounds that have come out of the phytoplankton, and they filter sterilize it, Hmm. never heat it, filter sterilize it. And its original thing was that they would dilute it down to the same saltiness called isotonicity, isotonic with your blood plasma. Mm. And the guy who invented this stuff, Rene Canton, Canton is Q-U-I-N-T-O-N. I say, you know, Canton is what the French say. Quinton is what the Northerners say. And Quentin is what the Middle Americans say. <laughs> anyway, you say it. Rene Canton was obsessed with the idea that the, the balance of minerals in the seawater was exactly the same as the balance of minerals in your cell. Mm. And we need to reestablish this balance. And this stuff was taken orally. They do IVs, they do sub Qs, they would nebulize and they would flush this stuff in. And there's these pictures. This, is, this started in the late 1800s, right. you know, 1890-ish. And they have pictures of, you know, these kids with cholera, just their skin falling off. They treat them with Quinton for a couple of weeks and everything's new. All this malnutrition, these skinny little wow. people who couldn't hold any weight come back to normal. They did a study where they had women who, to get into this study, they had to have five miscarriages. Wow. And they fed them Quinton and then got them pregnant. and. of them took it to term. 
And then they followed those kids for another 15 years. It was really amazing. This guy was like a national treasure uh, in, uh, in France. And he was one of these Renaissance men. He did all kinds of things, but one was be a biologist. And this stuff was in the pharmacopoeia of France for, for eons. And it was this injectable IV, all those different things. It's like, you got to get like an underground source, you know, for someone to do that stuff IV for you. Not that I haven't done a bunch, but you know, it's, (laughs) but it's illegal to talk about it here. Uh, and it was taken out of the French pharmacopoeia in the 1990s, just the pharma companies like get this stuff out of there. And it's too good, too good, good. get it out of there. So now you get those glass double tubed ampules, crack those open and drink it. Or now it's in foil pouches. You crack it open and drink it. Uh, but the reason they're in those ampules like that was, uh, there was two things. One, they were sterile packed. So the doctors would just put a needle in there and draw it up and use whatever they're using. And homeopaths would pull up some homeopathic into the seawater and then inject it in different places. They had all these uses of it. And so the sterility was one, but then the double tipped was able to keep uh, what they would call the rotations, the vortical rotations of the sea. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of these crazy sort of quantum biologists over in Europe had some way of measuring this. And it was only, you know, they would relate it to, you know, how wine bottles have these tips and they have the dimple in the bottom. And it's uh, to to keep the rotations going in here. So there was this all mysticism uh, around the shape of these ampules, too. And so then you end up with these two forms of Kenton, the the hypertonic and the isotonic. Hypertonic is the straight seawater. And isotonic is that seawater diluted down to isotonicity, same tonicity, same salt level as your blood. So the seawater is 3.3% saline. That means if you took 100 ml of water and put 3.3 grams of sodium chloride in there, it would taste like seawater. Blood and plasma is 0.9. So it's much less salty. And you taste these two separately. It's a very different kind very of flavor. Different. But the crazy thing is that they have opposite effects in your mouth on the autonomic nervous system. Right. The hypertonic, that extra saltiness in your mouth shifts you. If you're looking at a good heart rate variability, you see yourself shift more sympathetic, more tuned up, Uh and more on it. And so it's stimulating. It's remineralizing, alkalizing. But yeah, it tunes you up there sympathetic. But if you had done the hypertonic, you'd see your HRV move to a more parasympathetic tone. So when you're detoxing, you do the isotonic. Now, if you're just remineralizing and you're just dumping this stuff in your water, you're drinking, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You're just getting the minerals. That's one of the uses of Canton. But then to shift it uh, hyper or, you know, or sympathetic, parasympathetic, it's got to be straight in your mouth, held, swished around, and it's reception of the tonicity in the oral membranes that cascades into the neurological response. Now, it's fascinating. This is a fascinating thing for me, especially as someone who I've been hospitalized multiple times for dehydration. You want some of that? 
I've been hospitalized multiple times for dehydration. During my football career, I had full body cramps taken to the hospital. Right. I had to get IVs. And now I do hot yoga. I teach hot yoga. And so hydration, remineralization, understanding for me, especially sodium is the game changer for me in my hydration levels. Mm -hmm. In particular, sodium and magnesium, but sodium in particular. And really finding nothing better than quinton. So you, you find, so there was this. That being said, <laughs> my question is, is there a reason it comes in the size that it does? Oh, so you can, you want more. I want more. Yeah. I could take a glass of it. Yeah. And after it a down. yoga class. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, all right. A couple things here. So we said that, you know, the hyper and the ISO have these different autonomic routines. So it's like hyper in the morning, ISO at night is one way it's done. Uh, hyper for, for strengthening and tonifying, isotonic for healing and uh, detoxification. Mm. In fact, in your push, you do some ISOs at the end that'll tune you to the drainage part of it. Mm. It tunes up the immune system. It fixes the gut. It does all those things. Now that's using it as this healing mechanism. And then there's using it as the remineralization, the hydration mechanism. And you'll see, so doctors use it, you know, with, with really sick patients, but then athletes and high performers and the rest of us just love its ability to, for recovery. After you yeah. sweat like mad, nothing is as good as that. Yeah. But yeah, Evan was saying they, they come in these, 10 mil glass ampules, and then we put them into 10 mil. And for the re recovery, you're just talking about hypertonic, the high salt one. Right. You know, and they come in 10 mil packets. They came in 20 mil packets, but nobody wanted to buy them. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? They people? didn't have Ebb there. They didn't have Ebb to, to, you know, to sing the song of the 20 mil packet. I hate 10 <laughs> mil packets. <laughs> You know, we need a cheerleader for the 20 mil. Yeah, the tanny, you feel like totally short. -shirt. Like the ampule, even though it's the same amount. Oh, feels good. But that 10 mil, I, you, you see totally like short more in there. Yeah, yeah. what's going on? And you I hate that one. Yeah. And we, so we used to sell this 20 mil one and it was like, I love this stuff. Yeah, totally. You know, and I'll see if I can get that back. But maybe for the inner circle. What, yeah. <laughs> so what we have is what I was leading to. Is one liter bottles. Okay. Now we're talking, dude. Now, now we're, we're talking. talking. And you know, we we had to set it up so we would only sell those to doctors. Oh, okay. But you know, Dr. Ebb, yeah, Dr. Cal, <laughs> I can get you on the inside link to the one liter bottle. Amazing, because I was asking, we had, we actually never got to close the loop on this, but I had asked you if there was a difference energetically because it's not in an ampule. Yeah, well, so. Uh, Good question, yeah. And, dude. and you were refilling, uh, when I was talking about, you know, the, those ampules, what they preserve is the vortical energy. You know, this, this is coming up in a permanent vortical upwelling from the ocean floor, bringing all those minerals and they go into the center of that vortex and they pull that, you know, we used to talk about the vortex power in there. Like if you ever do this stuff, like you bang this stuff, it's like, 
Oh my God. Oh, I remember you telling it's me that. It's just amazing. Oh my God. This like warmth comes up through you and just fills you. And all of a sudden you're psychic with everybody in the room for a couple of minutes. And then it kind of fades off. It's freaking beautiful. And there's such power in it. And the double tipped ampules, you know, they, they're able to keep this rotational energy. And they, I was saying there's these, these funny quantum biologists over in France that have this way of measuring that. And there's 14,000 rotations per minute going on in there. And it has to be in that ampule. And that's for using those uh, like the isotonic and how it hits the mouth and resets everything. That's that vortical energy. Uh, and, you know, when you're doing those packets, you're, you're, you're getting more the mineral balance and a little bit less of the energetics. Uh, and, uh, but the, you know, you're often looking for that in the recovery. Now the leader bottle, I like a lot because it's still a nice shape, that bulleted shape, a little dimple on the bottom. In mm. fact, the guys who the French, uh, it, it's actually, this is made in Spain but the water's off the coast of France. And these guys lecture about wine bottles, how their, their tips are shaped and the dimple in the bottom is to maintain, you know, this rotational energy in there. And so the, the one liter's a nice, you know, harmony between volume, no foil and plastic liner. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's got the goods. Well, and, and so I want to dig a little bit deeper into this because my family absolutely loves these things, but I, I feel like we need to dial in the proper kind of use case. And I mean, my son will be dehydrated mm -hmm. and he's like doing a lot of these and he's like still kind of cramping. And so I'm like, you, you, A, you need to be probably drinking more water yeah, in general. Yeah. And we have the the Kangen water, and then we put it through a vortex. And so putting it through the vortex makes it more bioavailable, needing less water. So he needs to probably engage in that a bit. I ought to be a little careful with Kangen water because there's a conflation of ideas in Kangen water. Let me just see if you know, what's the therapeutic thing that's in the Kangen water? The negative charge. No. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's hydrogen gas. That electrode that's making it alkaline. Like if you just put some salt and water and you put two electrodes in one side will be alkaline and reducing the other side will be acid and oxidizing. And the reducing is hydrogen gas that's formed at the electrode tip. So that's hydrogen saturated water. That's what Kangen is. The alkaline thing is a fucking joke, right? You yeah. know what? One of the great things that alkalizes your blood, lemon juice, it's pH two, you know, the, the pH scale thing is bullshit. Sure. And, and I did hear that. Consuming HCL from your stomach. And if you have stomach issues, you know, I had a friend who was just drinking tons and tons of that all the way to the top. And he ended up, you know, with GI issues. Uh, so just, you know, know what you're going for there. Uh, and yeah, the, the charge and alkaline thing is bullshit. That's good to know. <laughs> Well, what are you, what are your thoughts on running it through a, a vortex? Yeah, device? I like all those things. And, you know, one thing we didn't talk about when we were talking about uh, membranes was fourth phase water. Sure. And uh, the Jerry Pollock. Uh, well, know, that's where I thought that that's where, water. again, where I bought into this Kangen idea of the negative charge creating that fourth phase. Yeah. So one, well, one of the great laws of water chemistry is the law of electroneutrality. You can't have net negative water. 
<laughs> All these years. I know. Fuck me. But you can have surfaces that have a net negative charge. And the surfaces, the fourth phase water is produced off of a surface with uh, a net negative charge. And uh, and so he uses these sulfated surfaces to create these things. But this is one of the things that good membrane structure does. The phosphate heads of the phospholipids are able to catalyze the formation of, of fourth phase water off of the membrane. This is one of the great reasons to keep, you know, membrane health going. And the fourth phase water is an area where things that normally wouldn't happen, happen. So, uh, you know, this, I, I think I said yesterday, the idea of alchemy is to, to bring possibilities so close together that the improbable happens. And in biology, if you had just broken down all the structures and just see what reactions spontaneously happen, almost none of them do. You're bringing together potentiality by creating these perfections, either in the charge separation or the water structuring. And those are both coming uh, from the, uh, from the health of the membranes. So now back to, vortexes and stuff. There's a lot we don't quite understand in, in structuring of water. The fourth facing, we got that. Other things we don't totally know, but I am a big believer in the vortex. Back when I was a farmer, I was a biodynamic farmer. And, uh, you know, they, they have these sort of, you know, magically charged things. They put in water. And I wish Jared were here to discuss this. Yeah. Cause our, our buddy Jared, have you met Jared yet? Picard? No. He was, he's, he was at the Runga event. You met Jared. Yeah. Be here farm. Yeah, I guess. You met him probably in uh, at least it would have been last October. Yeah. Yeah. And but, so he does biodynamics. Oh, yeah. That's he, his big thing. Oh, all right. Well, we would riff on this for a I long know. time. And, you know, there was, uh, you know, you have to stir this stuff into uh, you get the water going in a vortex in one direction and then you go in the other direction and, you know, they, they take like, they make this super compost like in a cow horn and it takes the spot, the vortical energy of these spiralic cow horns are sucking cosmic energy into this perfect compost. And then you're breaking it out and liberating it into the water. And then you're spraying just like droplets of water on top of the land. And it creates, you're going to do one that's the, one that's the the manure in the horn, and that's creating down and rooting and leafy and thick stems and, and the low strength. And then you're going to throw the silica on. And the silica has been done in the horn too, but in a different season. So winter, the, you know, the, the manure is in there for winter, taking these down earthy forces. And then in summer, the, the quartz is in there bringing these rising forces that are raising up into the sun and lengthening and breaking into flower and fruit. Uh, and, yeah, I used to grow weed with that. Oh, dude. <laughs> well, and that's it's exactly what he talked about. I was going to say that the quartz gets yeah. in. It's such a fine, yeah, yeah, powder, it's fine powder that it, it creates that yeah, connection and, to the sky. And uh, so there's all this stuff that goes on with the vortex. And, and I had made these machines at the time that would create a perfect vortex that we would do this in. And we would do, there was a, a kind of testing for, for energy where it would become 
something you could see it was called capillary dynamolysis and stuff these Germans used to do in the you know early mid 1900s. And yeah, if you made a perfect vortex, you would get more energy into this thing. And so we don't know exactly how to quantify that stuff, but I do love all the vortex stuff. Uh, ben blew me away. His dad makes all these devices. Mm. Uh, it's like Greenfield Naturals or Greenfield Water. And I had or reached out to him actually, and we were going to work on it with our pool. Yeah. He does uh, systems for your house, pool, and, and yeah. And, and he knows all the traditional water technology, you know, the carbon monoblock stuff, the RO, uh, you know, whatever level you want to clean the water up to. And then he's got all the energetic stuff in it that, you know, that gives it, uh, that gives it that extra, that extra zip. So tell me this, this is again for my 19 year old son who works out pretty hard. And um, again, he loves both the ISO and the hyper. What is like proper protocol for him in a given day? Hyper in the morning. uh, Hyper two. About 20 milliliters. Yeah. 20 mils in the morning. ISO 20 mils at night. After the workout, it's always a little bit of a question for me. Do you go right into the mouth or do you put it in the water and drink it down? Or it just depends. Do you still want to be sort of lit up, go right into the mouth and the body does respond. I mean, that's, you know, all the athletes are like, that's the freaking yeah. the best recovery stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, well, some of the pro football players buy it. Stuff. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, one of the most fascinating things, you don't get a whole lot of good information in the NFL training room. (laughs) It's not a whole lot of good information. There's some, there is, there are nuggets of great information interspersed with a lot of like boilerplate stuff. Yeah. But one of the things that stuck with me throughout my life is when you're only 2% dehydrated, your cognitive function significantly declines. Wow. And so that, you know, speaking from experience alone, remineralizing and getting that, that hyper mineralized tonic back into your system after you've had an intense workout, sweat a lot, whatever depleted yourself, it really fucking re re energizes your whole nervous system and your brain. Yeah, and it's funny how the, the the funny thing here is you're like, but wait, doesn't salt dehydrate you? The the minerals help drive the water into the cells because you can. I mean, you all know these people who drink a ton of water and don't get it; they're never kind of rehydrating. And you need the mineral balance to uh, work with the structuring of the water and the health of the aquaporins which are little tubes that the water transfers through to get into the cell. So the minerals help get the, get the water to get into the system to really rehydrate it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you could drink water all day and you're not hydrated at all. Yeah. Yeah. Just drinking RO all the time. Yeah, you know, you're not, if, if you're not getting those minerals in there, it's just not going to go it's in. It's just going right out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real, it's a very real thing. Hydration in particular. I haven't, I haven't drank any alcohol in probably six, eight months. And I I drank gallons of alcohol during my football career. Oh yeah. You know, and that's been just this steady process of 
making myself whole and learning about what really works and alcohol just doesn't serve me. And hydration though, proper hydration is a fucking game changer in your life overall, just to make the whole system function better. Like you were talking about the studies with the kids that they did long ago in the, in the, the women with infertility issues. Oh, that was crazy. Like just changing the water and hydrating. Out of the room. The women to get into the study had to have five miscarriages. And then all they did was feed them Quinton, got them pregnant again. 95% of them had went full term, had a kid. They followed the kids for 15 years and they were like super healthy. Yeah. So we call it a Quinton baby. Any pregnant woman, you know, anyone who gets pregnant, you get her Quinton, mm. you know? Yeah. I need to yeah. pass that along to my wife because she's a birth doula and oh yeah. she's gotta know that. And she's this a huge magic. fan of this stuff, but just didn't even didn't uh, know that part. No. no, it was magic. You've you're coming out with um a testosterone yeah. uh product. So I'm curious to know about that. And along with that, where does the DHEA fit into some sort of protocol? Yeah, so we have a whole hormone line. We have a female hormone line and we're working on the men's. So just to cover the female hormone line. So, you know, for, for women, you got to, you know, they used to just give them estrogen and progesterone. And it's like, that's no fun. They need the androgens <laughs> built up and they need a nice, healthy testosterone level. And uh, all men who have partners that start supplementing testosterone know the benefits of that. And it's really a game changer, right? So they need the androgens built up and then they need the estrogens and progesterones. And so in this whole system, the DHEA plus is a product that has DHEA and pregnenolone. Now, DHEA is your largest circulating hormone. It's thought of as an adrenal hormone. Most of it's made in the adrenal cortex. And then it's what cascades and is transformed into testosterone and estrogen and a lot of the other androgenic things. And so in this nanoparticle, when the DHEA goes in there, it doesn't have to go through the gut and the liver. It can immediately turn into testosterone. And so women, uh, when they take this, they'll get a super physiologic level of DHEA. It'll be above the reference ranges, not a ton, but, you know, reference ranges, you know, will go up to like 350 and maybe they'll be like, you know, 450, 500, 550. And all my friends who really know hormones, like, yeah, no problem at all. In fact, there's no data on that ever being a problem. In fact, the more DHEA, the more metabolic fitness, the more cognitive fitness, uh, you know, it's only associated with good things. And then their test will be up at the top of the reference range. So they got good tests, great DHA, all the other androgenic metabolites. You've got a couple of nutraceuticals in there. You've got DIM and chrysin to help your metabolism of the hormones, especially the DIM for estrogen metabolites. There's estrogen metabolites that are good and ones that aren't so good. This shifts you all into the good metabolites. And then some adaptogens uh, to help with the hormone receptors and the transformations between the hormones. We don't realize, you know, that hormone activity, like how much a hormone is doing for you, is a combination of the hormone level and the density and health of the hormone receptors. It's a lock and key thing. The hormone goes in, turns the 
key, and that activates the programs behind it. And so if you either have low receptor density or dirty receptors, like with uh, endocrine disruptors, environmental pollutants on it, you can have a good level of hormones, but not have that activity of the hormones. So one of the things that the old uh, adaptogenic herbs like ginseng and uh, for women don't cry uh, would do would be increase the density of the hormone receptors so you could take the signal more easily. So mm. that's everything that's in DHA plus. And uh, the only reason we call that more of a women's thing is that a lot of guys will turn that DHEA right into estrogen. Mm. We are forbid by some cruel trick of nature from turning DHEA supplementation right into testosterone. See, and I always thought it did. I remember back in the day I was taking these, you know, tablets that were DHEA that were supposed to boost my test. No, it did. Yeah. Fuck. It's been studied up it didn't now. work. Yeah. I eventually had to go on the, you know, yeah, the, the real injection. sauce. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, so for women, all right. So that does all the androgens and some of that cascades into estrogen, but then you need to have the right amount of estrogen and you need a lot of progesterone. And so as topical nano serums, we did uh, progesterone plus and estradiol plus. And uh, so that whole system covers everything in, in a woman. Uh, and so they'll do in the morning, the DHA plus, they might do some of the progesterone in the morning topically, and then a bunch more at night. Uh, and depending on if they're premenopausal, perimenopausal or postmenopausal, they may or may not need extra estrogen. Everybody postmenopausal will need some estrogen on top. Hysterectomies definitely need a bunch more, but they can solve the whole hormone puzzle, right? With that group there. Now, guys, you know, we, we can't just put in the DHA and cascade through to testosterone. Uh, I am working on you know, how to you know, get around that. That's it's gotta be yeah, some, you'll figure it hack. out. No doubt. Yeah. And, but we, in these sublinguals, we made a sublingual testosterone. We ran a patent on it. It's beautiful. We've tested it out. Uh, you could be like a test, uh, testosterone blood level of 300 and, take 10 milligrams or 12 milligrams of this sublingual and you'll transiently go up to like 2,500, 3,000, like really Come high. Yeah, fuck. totally. And then over a couple hours, it comes back. And when it's up there, it goes in and it turns all the freaking locks and it activates all those programs. Doesn't need to stay up all the time. You need to stay up all the time, but it doesn't. <laughs> And what's the beauty of this? So you and I have injected, you know, we had this funny, Asprey and I had this, this funny thing where we were being really honest about it. It's like, I bet your balls are small, you know? And so it leads to testicular atrophy. When you're injecting testosterone, cypionate, propionate, you're keeping these high levels all the time that have a ne negative feedback loop that turn off testicular function and your balls shrivel up. Yeah, fact. Yep, fact, fact. And uh, the beauty of this sublingual, once a day, you go up into the real high ranges, you activate all the androgenic programs, and then it goes away. And your test, as it comes back down, this is the cool thing we found. As that peak is coming back down, your testicles put out a surge of LH, which means they're going, oh, wait, we're losing that test. Let's make some more. And so it actually doesn't shut your testicles off. Hmm. And so 
you've got the full package. And then, you know, with that ejaculate volume and density and color, you know, like the full sperm packages on because it's, <laughs> it's, it's a contraceptive injectable testosterone. It's a contraceptive. And then think about all these football players that have their heads rattled and the pituitary, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the pituitary gonadal access is shot and they're not making tests. And that's, those were the, 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 you know, homicidal ones we're the ones with no test. And so right. how do we get that back, but let them still be fertile? They're young. And so these sublinguals are really going to be a beautiful way to do that. We've tested them out. They're great. And we're just getting them into compounding pharmacies. And so one of the first pharmacies is in, uh, in Florida. It's called Amex, just like your American, you know, exchange, uh, Amex Platinum. No, it's just called Amex, uh, you know, pharmacy or something. And there'll be a bunch, it's going to cascade through and there'll be a bunch of people making these things and, uh, we'll be able to have our cake and eat it too. So how will we get, how, how do you get access? Can't, obviously can't order it. Uh, yeah. Online. Yeah. I mean, I can't even, you know, I don't even have inner circle stash. I can't even touch yeah. that stuff. It, it, testosterone is more tightly controlled than like anything in the universe. And, uh, you know, some growth hormone, that's all pretty tight. Another great one. <laughs> uh, so you have to have your doctor write you a script for it and they have to call it into the, one of these compounding pharmacies and then the compounding pharmacy will send it to you. Awesome. And that's available now at Amex. Uh, it will be in like three, four weeks. Okay. So yeah. we'll say by November, sometime in November. Yeah. And then by January, there'll be a bunch of other pharmacies that'll carry it. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, Prior to that, what are men doing? What kind of protocols are you recommending for men with low test? Uh, you know, some of the the longevity elite yep. is is really helps uh with that. Uh the nano mojo, which was one of those herbals, the one, those all help give you that tune, you know, that for, even if your test isn't going. Uh, way up that androgenic activity to it. So here's the cool thing about adaptogens. So all the hormones, what we call steroid hormones, have what's called the steroid backbone. And if you pulled out a picture of the hormones, the center all looks the same. It's these three six-membered rings and a five-membered ring. And the only difference is what's on the outside. The oxygen's here or it's over there. It's a single bond. It's a double bond. That's all that separates estrogen from testosterone. And it's vastly different activity. All the adaptogens that we love, the ginsenosides and ginseng, the astragalocides and astragalus, the withanolides and ashwagandha, gypanocides in, uh, I forget the name of the, the herb. All of them have the steroid back. They're made to interact with your hormone receptors, which is, I mean, what was longevity medicine in, uh, in, you know, China hundreds of years ago, it's you're taking tons of those plants. And then how do you do the hormone replacement? You're eating bull testicle, you're eating deer penis, you're eating, you know, you're getting growth hormone off the tips of the antlers. That's what that is in the deer antler velvet. So you're eating organs, just like we eat thyroid, thyroid replacing, you're eating organs and you're doing these adaptogens that tune up the whole system and make it more receptive. Hmm. 
Dude, it's fascinating. I love this. Holy shit. <laughs> um, before I forget, is there any kind of a, uh, people are going to be, anybody who listens to this, you're fucking crazy if you don't just go in and clean out the, the shop. Is there any kind of discount code that uh, we yeah, can offer? No, we'll, we'll give you a discount code. And, you know, usually it's a 10%, but we'll do a 15 Come on. Time limited. Yeah. And then we'll drop it down to a 10 for, for a longer period. We just got to talk to my people and they'll okay. generate the code. And I you. can say what the code, like, yep. could the code be unlearned? It, it'll be like, yeah, unlearn 15. Okay. Unlearn yep. 15. Yep. Perfect. Um, Fuck yeah. You don't want to do that. Did you have anything else? I know, Abby, you had a few other questions. Um, I, um, is there anything else that's on your mind? No, we covered so much good stuff. Lately, I've been really diving into the ginseng. Yeah. I've been texting you about yeah, that. Yeah, but the red versus the white. Yeah, the red, it was interesting. So they started taking this. It was, I think it's called ginseng sublime from Dragon Herbs. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of red. There's a lot of red. And I would take it. I'd be driving around and I do hot yoga. But I'd be driving around, even going to yoga class, and I'd be thinking to myself, I am so fucking hot right now. Yeah. My skin is on fire. And it was a couple days, and I thought to myself, it's got to be something I'm taking. It's got to be this ginseng. I started, I texted you about it. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, red will definitely heat you up. Yeah. So I had to dial that back because it became almost unbearable to go into the yeah, hot yoga I, room. You shouldn't be reds for old guys. So white. the white, that's the shit. Yep. And I texted you the other day and I said, what do you think about white ginseng? You said, I like it a lot. Yeah. And it's even net slightly cooling. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just ginseng for me, it's so grounding, anchoring. I texted you that it feels <laughs> it feels like my balls are anchored to the center of the earth. That's yeah. how I feel. Yeah, it's you just know, this- like so sturdying. It's steadying. It's anchoring. It's grounding. It's yeah, powerful. It's powerful. And so, like, it was known as an anti-anxiety thing. And it's not because it affects GABA receptors or glutamate receptors. It just makes you comfortable in your skin. Right, And so like adaptogens and CBD are different things. Adaptogens are working on the, um, I'm sorry, the CBD, the cannabinoids, working on the neurotransmission to make you less jumpy and less anxious about the space around you. And the adaptogens are just making you anchored and comfortable in the space around you. Yes. So one's keeping it from scaring you and the other one is making you un, you know, fearless. Right. And then what about these different ginseng? So- uh, red versus white. So red is mostly like Korean and Chinese ginseng. We know mostly Korean red ginseng. We get that here. They take the ginseng root and then they cook it in oil. Uh, I'm sorry. They cook it in red wine, which is what turns it red. Mm. And uh, they're like steaming it and cooking it. And there's maybe some honey involved sometimes. And that is heating it up. It must be changing chemically some of the ginsenicides in there into this warming type of thing. The white is the raw ginseng. So there's Mm. no ginseng that comes out of the ground red. It's processed into that. And in Chinese medicine, they learned how to process things to change their energetics. 
And so the white is just raw out of the ground. And the most common source of that is American white out of Wisconsin. And, uh, and it's a great thing, you know, in Chinese medicine, they say it stimulates spleen, which is your ability to turn food into energy. Uh-huh. So you're burning f- uh, energy out of the food, mixing it with air, which just means really, you know, mixing food with air. Sounds a lot like respiration, like it might be going on in the mitochondria, mm. like oxygen coming in with things from the citric acid cycle, burning them off and making ATP. Well, was it turn out that these ginsenicides do among all this, in addition to all this hormone stuff, they're also sirtuin activators mm. and have this special activity on mitochondrial function. And so they're, they're bringing it up on a number of different levels, including some of those levels uh, that we're talking about that, that would be happening like with resveratrol and mm. in the one. And, and so ginseng is really great in how it hits on this hormone level, a neurotransmission level, uh, a mitochondrial, the sirtuin programs. It's just getting all that stuff all together in one shot. Love it. Awesome. I don't have anything. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. It, it feels like just an amazing time to wrap. Yeah. <laughs> so, so good. So awesome. We've got a lot of stuff covered there. Yeah, we did. We did. And next time we'll bring Jared in and we'll get into the biodynamics. Oh, yeah. That's oh, I'd fun. love to talk on that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you, Cal. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, brother. My brothers. You're the man, dude. The mm. absolute man. Cal, thanks for the invite again. Oh, my pleasure. Love you guys. Love you. Love you all. You've been listening to The Great Unlearn. For more information, check out the show notes or head over to thegreatunlearn.com for additional episodes and information regarding events, retreats, and the TGU store. If you like what you heard today, please click subscribe and share this with friends who might enjoy our platform. Don't forget to leave that five-star rating and review as it really helps us spread the love and unlearning. You can find me on Instagram at cal.callahan and on YouTube under The Great Unlearn. Thanks for listening to The Great Unlearn and we'll talk soon. No, no different, only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned.